This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Hi, I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And this says uh, we're the guys to do the thing. Cut. <laughs> we're the guys that do the thing. <laughs> I, well, so, yeah, all right, go ahead. Hi, I'm Charles. And I'm Pat from Conversations Podcast. And you are listening to a very special episode of the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast in which they talk about their top three episodes of Star Wars, the original series. Uh, What's up? Pat, um, yeah. This is, uh, uh, they're talking about Star Trek, the original series. So said, three Star Wars, Star- the original series. We're talking about the top three episodes of Star Trek, the original series right now. I don't think so. Um, I think I would have been notified. uh, It was in the show notes and read them. What? Yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, uh, Yeah. Anyways, it's Star Trek, the original series. Uh, You know what? So enjoy Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Top three episodes of Star Trek, the original series, coming up right now. Okay, Pat, Pat, it's it's over. Pat, Pat, come back. Wow, that's a long hallway. Pat, come back. This is the captain speaking. Listen carefully. Science off. Referring to the map on your screens, you will note beyond the moving position of our vessel, the line of Earth outpost stations. So if you're on asteroid, they monitor the neutral zone. Hey, Scuttlebutt Nation, welcome to a special episode of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. We are warping to the neutral zone tonight with the help of Amanda, Jedi Caligula 89, and you'll hear some Trek tunes from our friends, the Vulcan Freedom Fighters. That's right, I'll be spinning some of their tracks tonight throughout the show. I'll be playing the part of MC Lil Rowe on the Galactic Freedom Fighter frequency. Tune in your tricorders to the Alpha Quadrant and set your phasers to fun. Only here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. In the meantime, a little more Vulcan Freedom Fighters. This track, Romulan Divide. Enjoy. The asteroids they were constructed on pulverized. All right, Scuttle Buddies, we are rolling on a brand new episode of the Scare Scuttlebutt Podcast. We're gonna head into the Alpha Quadrant, a little Star Trek discussion. Uh, taking a little break from a galaxy far, far away here at the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, but I know you guys don't mind. Uh, both, uh, I always call Star Trek the other white meat. Uh, pretty funny, but uh, with me to uh, regale uh, us with some new Star Trek information, a nice little discussion, uh, is Amanda Jedi. You know her as Jedi Caligula. Amanda, how's it going tonight? It is going great. It's always great to talk Trek with you, so I'm excited to discuss, especially the original series, you know, the one that got us all into Star Trek pretty absolutely. much. So. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, I wanted to uh, I wanted to take a sidetrack uh, and say uh, a big thank you to you, Amanda. You have been one, I think you were one of our very early followers, and I think I can name um, uh, probably 
all our our first followers here at Scarif, um, on on one hand, and not use my thumb. Um, <laughs> you you really have been you know a, a fan of ours, a listener of the show since Brad and I started back in 2019. Yes, and I just yes. want to say I just want to say thank you so much for for your continued support. It, uh, it really means a lot to us, and um, I'm really glad that you are still around geeking and uh, enjoying all the cool stuff that uh, that the internet has to offer. Um, but not just the internet, but obviously, you know, all the movies and shows and TV and, and, and stuff that we like to watch. But especially uh, the fact that, uh, you know, you've supported the Scarif podcast for a really long time. Thank you so much, my oh, dear. Oh, thank you so much, Ro. You know, I remember following you on your old Twitter account before you oh started Oh my God, Scarif. that's right. So I followed you there and you put up this link about, oh, I'm going to start Scarif. And I was like, oh, I need a new Star Wars podcast to listen to. And so got on, that's too started funny. listening to you and Brad in the beginning. And then you guys branched out into other fandoms, which I loved. So... I am happy to always listen and support you guys, no matter what. Yeah, I think uh, between you and Ollie, Ollie K also uh, listened to me at, on that other account. So um, I was very picky who I brought over to the other side. So uh, count yourself lucky. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> happy Absolutely. To be here. But uh, no, uh, I just it, it's uh, it's it's me who's lucky uh, to have followers and, and listeners like you. Um, you know, this podcast really has made, um, made a lot of friends and, uh, I am, uh, proud to say, uh, to count you as one of them. Oh, thank you, Ro. You're one of my good friends too. So I wanted to ask you before we actually, so we're going to yeah. do a, we're going to do a top three original series, Star Trek episodes, um, according to us mm-hmm. and, it was very difficult to pick three because we've got three seasons of the original series. Yes. Um, yep. And many, many great, great episodes within those three seasons. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of really good, good storytelling in, in Star Trek, the original series. And, and I want to get into it a little bit, but I want to ask you before we start that, our top three list, what got you into Star Trek, the original series? What uh, What's your story with that? Okay, so I was pretty much born on Star Trek. In fact, when I was a day old, my mom was in the hospital with me, and we were watching an original series repeat oh my God. of a Star Trek episode. <laughs> so I started at a day old. Uh, my mom is a huge Trekkie, as she calls herself, and I was brought up from a very, very young age. In fact, here's a little trivia for you. My name, Amanda... I my mom got the name from Spock's mother's name. Which oh, is very nice. So, yes, I so love I, that. Yeah. So I was born right into it. Um, my first actual Star Trek memory, though, is watching um, Deep Space Nine when it first aired. That's my first actual memory of Star Trek watching it. Um, and of course, I remember the premiere of Star Trek Voyager and. Dressing up as little Captain Janeway for Halloween when I was like five years old. So, you know. wow. Do you have any pictures? I do. I need to. I need oh, to find yeah. them and show you that. Yeah, but I absolutely. Have a, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah. So I just like I said, really grew up from it from day one. But uh, first time I really remember watching original series is probably the repeats. Uh, they would be on when I would get home from school. So right. I remember the repeats of it and. One of the episodes I really fondly remember as a kid is I Mud. 
that's one oh, of the yeah. ones I really remember as a kid. And of course, the trouble with tribbles. So sure, of course, classic, classic. My my, but yeah, my mom indoctrinated me into Star Trek. So that's a good parent. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I don't have a lot of comfort television that I would go back to uh, on a regular basis, but I think Star Trek really is for me. You know, obviously I love Star Wars, but, you know, when I want to have a little bit of a uh, a time capsule or something yeah. where I can spend, you know, a good 50 minutes just kind of, you know, either laying in bed, relaxing and watching something, you know, watching something that I know is going to be good. I always go back to the original series of Star Trek uh, from the, the 60s. It's just a wonderful show. Space, a final frontier. so many times just randomly you know doing stuff around the house like cleaning and I'll have Star Trek the original series on or Next Generation I would say both those series are perfect for having it on to just relax to both the original series and Next Generation I think those two treks are perfect for that you can just sit there and relax and and the, the crew in a way are like family members to you anyway so sure so yeah absolutely yeah it's uh like i said it's it's my feel good you know i go back to it every so often i just um i just finished watching uh the Tholian web which is uh Ooh, a, yes a, yes a, a show from season three mm-hmm. uh but we'll, we'll get into that you know i was looking through a lot of people's favorite or a lot of people's top threes and not a lot of episodes from season three and i think season three was one of the last episodes um, uh, that uh, producer Fred Freiberger was in charge yes. of. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of stuff that Fred Freiberger touched kind of uh, died uh, with just one season. He kind of took over a lot of science fiction uh, television in the 60s and 70s. And um, he had kind of a weird um, ideology when it came to the second season of a show. Yes. Um, I remember talking with with uh, you know our, our patron, uh, our friend uh, Melanie, and mm-hmm. uh, we really got uh, deep into uh, Space 1999 and and Buck Rogers and Fred Freiber- Fred Freiberger, um, and all the uh, wacky stuff that uh, that he believed that kind of uh, led to the demise of a lot of uh, shows because uh, you know they they changed it up so much that people just didn't recognize it as uh, what it was. Uh, you know, take into account, uh, you know, the first series of Buck Rogers in the 25th century and the, how it changed so much between season one and season two that people were like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they just lost viewers. So uh, interesting, interesting stuff. The question um, that everyone has in mind when people start talking about Star Trek. And obviously there was a, there's a lot of Star Trek out there. There's, uh, you know, starting from the original series, but then we had a lot of Star Trek in the 90s. Yes. Uh, you, you mentioned uh, The Next Generation. You know, obviously there was Deep Space Nine and Enterprise. And Voyager. Yep. And Voyager. Yeah, we had a lot of Star Trek at once. Uh, you know, a lot of overlap there in the 90s. But obviously we've got the movies. I wanted to ask you who your favorite captain is and why. Ooh, my favorite captain. Um... Ooh, I mean, it's a tough one because my childhood favorite captain is the first one I really remember. So that's Captain Janeway. 
Okay, yeah. Um, I, you know, she was the, I remember watching the premiere of Voyager, you know, and I was really into it. I had my little captain's uniform that I would dress up in. So, I mean, for nostalgic person, I would say Captain Janeway, but probably overall, it probably would be Captain Jean-Luc Picard, probably, overall. Okay, all right. It's funny that you mentioned Janeway because I think uh, I think for me Janeway is one of my favorites. I, I don't know if she's yeah. my like top favorite, but she mm-hmm. definitely is a favorite of mine. Um, you know the cool thing about all the captains when people ask you like you know who's your favorite captain they their their style is so different. It is. You know, it really is. Cisco is different than Picard, and Picard is different than Janeway, and you've got uh, you know the the captain from the Enterprise uh, yeah. from the Enter- Enterprise show. Um, and that's Archer. what I love, Archer. Archer. There you go. Archer. That that's what I love about um about all the different captains. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you've seen one Star Trek, you've seen them all, and that is so uh, far from the case. They are it so is. different. The stories are so different, and uh, you know, the crews, the way they um, the the way they relate to each other, all the characters, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean, you know, Star Trek has been you know, replete with so many great stories, uh, you know, science fiction, some, a, a lot of like deep, uh, deep stuff that comes from, uh, from the writing. And obviously thanks to, uh, you know, Gene Roddenberry to, to kind of, uh, propel that yeah. type of storytelling and that type of, uh, I don't know, thinking bands drama when it comes to television, especially in the sixties, when a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, deep stuff was happening in the real world. And he just wanted to kind of explore it in a way that, um, you know, people would kind of, uh, absorb it, uh, yes. in an entertaining way through the genre of science fiction. I love it. Yeah. It, it's Star Trek is so unique in that aspect with, you know, with all the different series we've had and no series feels the same either. Like every series has a different feel to it. And I think that's what keeps Star Trek nice and fresh, if you get what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the original series has one feel. Next Generation has one feel. Deep Space Nine has a completely different feel. Then you have Voyager, different feel. Enterprise. And the new shows like Discovery, Strange New Worlds, Picard, they all have their unique feels. And I think that's what keeps bringing new fans into it is it's fresh, it's new, but it still has that iconic Star Trek feel as well. Are you watching any of the any of the uh, new shows? What, what do you yes. like? Yes. Um. So I watched Picard. Picard season three was absolutely amazing. Absolutely yes. amazing. Um. Strange New Worlds. I absolutely love that show. I love the crew. Um. It's been great. I love seeing Captain Pike finally some more. Right. Um. And yeah, it's been really good. Discovery. I never really got into, but definitely Picard and Strange New Worlds. And of course, I do like um, for a comedic thing. I do enjoy Lower Decks because it's completely crazy. So it's oh yeah, it's it's not. I mean, to me, it's like it's like Simpsons and Star Trek. So it's like completely right. opposite <laughs> to me. But I do enjoy that. Yes, but yeah, that's too funny. You know, I bought the first season of Discovery on DVD because I had some Best Buy points, and yeah. I didn't. I think the first the first season of Discovery was not on. It was on. Paramount Plus, which I did not have that service at the time. Yeah. So I was able to buy the first season um, on DVD and I watched it. I enjoyed it, you know, uh, mm-hmm. for what it was. I'm like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Um, but I think that, uh, and I don't know how many seasons are into it, but I, I think the second season and the third season, I mean, I started watching it. 
I just could not get into it. Uh, no, that was my issue. I could not get into it. It just kind of went off the reel. I mean, to me, as they, as a lot of people say, the best thing that came out of Discovery was Strange New Worlds. Yeah. Because we got introduced to the phenomenal actors that portray Pike and Spock in that series. And without them, I mean, you know... So Discovery gave birth to Strange New Worlds, in my opinion. Like, that's the best thing yeah. that came out of Discovery. Because sure. to me, it just, Discovery just, it doesn't have Trek feel to me. It's very, you know, very linear storytelling more. So not as, you know, like, I, I say this as old school, but I really love Star Trek when it's just one episode is a different plot every episode. And I love that. That's what I loved about um, you know, the original series is what I loved about Next Generation. And even Deep Space Nine, even though it had a narrative, there were still lots of episodes of different plot lines and stuff and Voyager sure. and stuff. So that's why I, I personally love Strange New Worlds over Discovery, because Discovery to me just is not Star Trek, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I really didn't like the characters and I tried to like them. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's it seemed like they tried too hard to be. um uh, I don't know, important uh, or it's such a weird yeah. thing because yeah. every every other shot was like this long shot where they stood together and and held hands and and did a a, a long speech about how they were going to save each other because because they love each other and it's like dude enough with that just you know get to the storyline it's almost like exactly. they were like yeah. shoving it down our throats exactly yeah that's that's the thing and I I think Discovery too was trying too much to be like a Netflix TV show. I really do. I think it was trying too hard to be, to fit into that mold. Yeah. And they learned. And I mean, even though Picard is very linear and yeah, Picard had some weak points to it. I think it did better, especially in season three, way better than discovery ever did. And then they finally went back to the formula with strange new worlds. So, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Picard season three was, uh, was pretty phenomenal. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely. I, th I think uh, later in the month, I'm going to be on a roundtable discussion regarding Picard season three versus the sequel trilogy. Who Ooh. did it best? Who did it best as far as bringing in the old actors? Oh, and that's boy interesting. And that boy, is do I have thoughts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet you do. I bet you have a lot of <laughs> thoughts on that. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Those of you who have served for long on this vessel have encountered alien life forms. You know the greatest danger facing us is ourselves and a rational fear of the unknown. This is the commander of the Viserys. In most cases, we have found that intelligence, capable of a civilization, is capable of understanding peaceful gestures. Surely a life form advanced enough for space travel is advanced enough to eventually understand our motives. There is no all right let's get down to the main topic our nitty-gritty our top three original series star trek episodes damn this was a difficult task it was um, it was did, did you get your list ready i do have it um i was really debating the last one but i think i've got it so all right good good tough. good yeah. all right so i know we uh we started talking about the fact that we wanted to pick some that were not like uh the 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 usual ones that people yes, go to yes. as far as mm -hmm. our 
But I'm going to break that one um, right off the top just to get it out of the way. Um, <laughs> okay. And then just just say the name of the of the episode and everybody's going to be, of course it is. I'm yeah. going to pick for mine um, is Space Seed. I'd love to tear this baby apart. Oh, Space Seed. Yes. So obviously Space Seed is the story of uh, Khan. Um, yep. Being unfrozen, the crew of the Enterprise find uh, the Botany Bay floating in space, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they talk about um, they they talk about these super soldiers that were created uh, back in the in 1996, I think it was. Yeah, I, I believe um, it was ni- It was the late 90s. That's yeah. what I know of. Um, that was I, a good year. It was a good year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when Khan came to power, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, Space Seed is uh, one of my favorites, and obviously because it stems, uh, you know, that is basically the source of the second best Star- uh, yeah. mo- movie sequel of all time. Second, oh, yes. because obviously, you know, know I'm going to pick yeah. The Empire Strikes Empire Back Strikes as the Back. first. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Wrath of Khan Wrath uh, of took Khan, yep. uh, some story elements from Space Seed and obviously the character of Khan. Played uh, fabulously by Ricardo Montalban, and yes. um, I, I always have a debate with. Uh, I remember having this debate with Shanti and Nick um, regarding okay. regarding Khan's uh, chest in uh, Wrath of Khan. Everybody <laughs> thought that it was plastic; it was a fake chest. But uh, su- supposedly, that was his real chest. That was uh, supposedly was a, his real chest. Yeah, yeah, he was really buff. Yeah, he's a fit, uh, a fit older gentleman. So yes, there's uh, there's hope for me yet. You have a tendency to express ideas in military terms. <laughs> yes, for all, <laughs> for all of us. Yes. Oh. So, what do you think of Space Seed? Space Seed is it's probably one of the best Star Trek episodes that, that were ever made. Um, the story of Khan. The whole idea of that we were experimenting with genetics, which, you know, Star Trek, every episode of Star Trek, especially in the original series, a lot of times has a moral to it. Right. And this definitely has the cautionary tale of genetics, the work of genetics, like what could happen if we go into it and stuff. And, you know, Khan, he becomes so arrogant with the genetics that he thinks he's almost like a god, you know, compared to us regular humans and stuff. Old type atomic power, bulky, solid. I think they used to call them transistor units. I'd love to tear this baby apart. Captain, it's a slaver ship. Suspended animation. Uh-huh. I've seen old photographs of this, necessary because of the time involved in space travel until about the year 2018. It took years just to travel from one planet to another. You know, Star Trek is so good at that, you know, telling us you know, cautionary tales through science right. fiction, you know, and yeah, it's, it's so good. The animosity between Kirk and, you know, um, Khan, the Starfleet officer that pretty much betrays Starfleet for Khan. Like, you oh, know, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. that's really shocking. You don't expect that to happen at all. Um, but that goes to show you the uh, the charisma that uh, that the character had. Yeah. You know, he mm-hmm. exuded that charisma, that uh, that sexual you know energy. Um, yeah. Obviously, the character you're talking about, uh, she was a female um, Starfleet officer, and she just she was a she was a historian, so she knew yes. the the power of Khan. She knew yes. the power of all those strong historic men. 
you know, the the, the figures of, of history that uh, went on to uh, to conquer and uh, you know be important figures in history. So she was uh, she was pretty smitten. Oh yeah, she was. She was absolutely smitten, and she winds up exiled with him too. You know, so yeah. I would have loved to have seen her character in uh, Wrath of Khan at least uh, mentioned, um, but um, the yeah. you know the other the other the other thing too is um, well we, we we can spend a whole episode kind of breaking down Space Seed and Wrath of Khan, yes. <laughs> um, but um, I, I guess we'll move on. But yes, yeah, yeah. Space Seed for sure is uh, one of my favorites, and again. I had to kind of uh, get that out of the way. I know a lot of people love that con episode in the original series. Um, so I'll, you know what? I just put it out there. So there space you go. There you go. Hey, friends, just a quick reminder. If you enjoy our content and don't want to commit to a Patreon tier, you can show your love in other ways. Oh. Yeah. Of course, you can take advantage of our merchandise store at TeePublic, where we've got cool designs from all across the Red 5 network. Look for sale announcements and save up to 30 to 35% on all our merchandise. Oh, nice. And there's also a very convenient way to help support the channel. As you know, coffee is our friend. It keeps us going. You can show your appreciation by heading over to buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Buymeacoffee.com slash Scarif. Any amount starting at five bucks, a one-time treat for us to help with all the stuff it takes to maintain the quality you deserve. And remember, it's always sunny on Scarif. And that's the Scuttlebutt. And pass the cream, please. Just what do you think you were trying to do? You are under orders to investigate this planet and this culture. All right, let's get to your one of your top three, and it doesn't really have to go in in order. Like my, this is my first ever, so go ahead and just tell me which uh, okay, which episode is so next for it. I think I'm gonna get. This is a big episode, but it was my biggest named one on the list, and that is. Let me scroll down here on my list. Hold on one second. And that is um, City on the Edge of Forever. Oh. Um, so I picked that one because it is just perfection. You know, yes. that is just Star Trek perfection. And it's everybody's favorite. And I was like, you know, I was sitting there debating about putting it on the list. And I was like, do I want to put it on here? Do I not? A question. Since before your sun burned hot in space, and before your race was born, I have awaited a question. That was my pick. Absolutely. That is actually one of my picks. It's on my list, too. Okay. Um, that episode, I, you know, that is such, um, that's such an interesting episode. I mean, it, it starts out, mm -hmm. it's very, you know, it's very science fiction. They they get mm -hmm. to the the Guardian of Forever. They jump through the hoops and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but it's one of those stories that um, is, I want to say it's like pure science fiction. And it was written yes. by Har Harlan Ellison, um, a very prolific science fiction writer at the time. Um, wrote uh, many books and a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of uh, stories. Um that episode won a lot of awards. Uh, the Writers Guild of America Award uh, for Best Episodic Drama on Television in 1967. 
it won uh, a Hugo Award, which was huge, obviously, in the genre. Yes. So it's um, it's a really, really great episode. And it's like I said, it starts out very sci-fi, very, you know, uh, you know, uh, visually um, impactful. Very but then you've so. got. Yeah. But then you've got the um, the very personal story between, you know, Captain Kirk um, and uh, Joan Collins, Edith yes. Keeler, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, I mean, you know, everybody knows Joan Collins for uh, the soap opera show uh, from the you know late 80s. But uh, yeah. Joan Collins has been, an, you know, a, a performer for a really long time. And she looks really, really fantastic. Um back in the day so uh this was such a great episode on my list too i am the guardian of forever are you machine or being i am both and neither i am my own beginning my own ending i see no reason for answers to be couched in riddles I answer as simply as your level of understanding makes possible. I think for me, it's on the list because of the overall story arc of it, which is, you know, this whole thing of, you know, Kirk basically falls in love with this woman and he basically has to let her die to make sure. How tragic. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that she has to die to make sure a horrible event in our history doesn't happen, you know, and it just makes you realize that the no matter how insignificant you think you are, you're actually very important to the timeline than you think. One day soon, man is going to be able to harness incredible energies, maybe even the atom. Energies that could ultimately hurl us to other worlds in, in some sort of spaceship. And the men that reach out into space We'll be able to find ways to feed the hungry millions of the world and to cure their diseases. They will be able to find a way to give each man hope and a common future. And those are the days worth living for. It's such a moving episode. Um, the scene where, you know, she gets killed and you see Kirk, you know, and because he knows what's going to happen because of what Spock had told him. And it's just devastating. And the emotions you feel in it is so good. Spark, I believe I'm in love with Edith Keeler. Jim, Edith Keeler must die. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it starts out very science fiction-y, but, uh, you know, towards the end there it's just it's character driven it's uh oh, yeah. it's emotional it's it's great and then um you know there's a point where uh you know kirk knows that uh she has to walk across the street and get hit by that car yes she does spock, yep. spock also knows uh but uh there's a point where mccoy uh comes out and uh rejoins the uh you know the kirk and and spock yeah and tr- and tries to uh to, and tries to save her to save yep. her yeah yeah and Kirk um, has to hold him back. Yes. To make sure oh my that God. It happens. How and it's emotional. Just, it's so heartbreaking because, you know, he has to hold this man from saving this woman's life, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, and of course, for McCoy, it's really against his ethics because, you know, he's a yeah, doctor. You know, sure. you do no harm, you know? And he has to just let this woman die. No, Jim. 
There's and remember the line? About. Remember the that last line that McCoy asked uh, Kirk? Do you know what you just did? He knows, Doctor. He knows. You know, the build-up for that episode, the character development of that episode is just phenomenal. Yes. It's so good. Excellent. So, yeah, I, I love that one. Um, let's see here. All right. So my next one, um, okay. my uh, next uh, in our top three Trek episodes here, um, I selected um, Balance of Terror. Something visual ahead, Captain. At extreme range. He's changing course, sir. Stay with him, Helm. Turning, sir. Oh, Balance of Terror. Okay. That's a good one. That Balance of Terror is one of those episodes that is, it's strictly kind of like a, a an adventure, uh, you know, uh, an adventure story, uh, pure action, science fiction, uh, but it's got some uh, heavy hitting themes. Um, it's got some really great um, reveals to it. Uh, this is the first time I think that we see uh, the Romulan species. And it's the first every- time we see the Romulan species. Yep. yep. Yeah. And uh, everybody on the bridge of the Enterprise is surprised because they look kind of familiar. Yeah. They look just <laughs> like Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> they look like Vulcans. Um, so we get that really great reveal. Um, and there's this one shot that is really great. Uh, you know, after the uh, the Vul- after the Romulan showed his face on the um, on the view screen, the camera kind of. Uh, hands over and everybody turns around to Spock and Spock, you know, does his, uh, his signature, uh, you know, fascinating eyebrow raise. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Such a great episode. Well, you know, balance of terror is pretty much almost like Star Trek history in a way, because so many series make the reference of Kirk's first contact with the, with the Romulans, you know? Yes. Because before that, like during Archer and everything, nobody had seen a Romulan. Nobody knew what they looked like. You know, we'd only seen a ship, you know. Right. And Kirk first seen the Romulan, you know, it's referenced many times and Next Generation and so on. And they even had an episode of Strange New Worlds about an right. alternate reality. If Pike was captain and it was and Pike found out that he can't be captain at that point, Kirk has to be captain at that point. That was a great, yeah, that was a great episode. You know, so it's, it's again, it's such a concrete moment in Star Trek history. Also very interesting, Mark Leonard stars as a Romulan before he played Sarek. Yes, that's right. That's very cool. So it was his first role in Star Trek before he became, plays the iconic Sarek. No need to tell you what happens the moment we reach home with proof of the Earthmen's weakness. And we will have proof. The Earth commander will follow, he must. And when he attacks, we will destroy him. Our gift to the homeland, another war. If we are the strong, is this not the signal for war? Must it always be so? How many comrades have we lost in this way? Our portion, Commander. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know it's um, it's funny because you know I, I love uh, I love a lot of the Star Trek ships. This is the first time we see a, a Romulan, Romulan bird of prey. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, the uh, the whole uh, concept of the neutral zone, and uh, you know the the yeah. the area where um, you know neither Romulan or uh, Federation, Federation cross. There, yeah. yeah. Also, the whole cat and mouse aspect of it, you know, yes. from hiding of each other and trying to and Kurt trying to figure out what they're going to do. And it know, was because... very um, it was very hunt for Red October. Oh yeah. Very much so. Yeah, submarine. Oh, episode. Yeah. Yeah. Really great episode. Um, yeah. Season one, uh, episode 14. And again, you know, this, uh, this really, you know, th- there's a certain aspect of Star Trek, the original series, that uh, I love regarding the main characters. And it's almost, I, ca- I kind of call it the science fiction holy trinity. And yes. it's, basi- it's basically Kirk, Bones, and Spock. Yes, um, very a lot much of so, stories, yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of stories revolve around those three characters, and um, I think it works. Distress call definitely came from one of the solar systems in the sector, Captain. Can you pinpoint it any closer, Madam? Negative. Whatever it is, we can't let it go beyond us to the next solar system. We have to stop it. Ladies and gentlemen, another track from the Vulcan Freedom Fighters, Doomsday Machine. Captain Kirk, come in, please. Captain, we've been attacked. Transporter is damaged. We're taking evasive action. Mr. Spock, communications damage. We're unable to override interference. What hit? What attacked you? Spock, come in, Spock. Spock. Spock, come in, Spock. So, what would be your second okay, of the so, top three? Okay, so I know this is another big episode, but I had to mention it. Um, <laughs> season two, episode four, Mirror Mirror. Oh, yes. 
you know, uh, Mirror Mirror. The, this is the thing, though. This is the reason I actually like Mirror Mirror a lot. I really like it because Yohura really shines in this episode. Like, she, to me, shines so well in this, uh, Nichelle Nichols. And we really got to see Yohura be a badass in this episode. You know, when she's telling off, you know, Sulu, you know, <laughs> like, I yeah, just it's, absolutely, it's, you know. It's such a, in a strong way. I mean, she, um, she really commanded that, that, that role, that specific Very role. Obviously, so. mm-hmm. obviously she was a Uhura, but she was a Uhura of the alternate universe, which gave yes. her uh, a little bit more bite. And I love that. Yeah. I love that about her. Um, and like I said, Nichelle Nichols, to me, this is the episode she really shines. Um, because you know, she's trapped here with, um, Kirk and, uh, who else is she trapped with in that episode? Kirk, Uhura and Sulu. Sulu. Yeah. No, is this Sulu? Was Sulu? No. Where's a checkoff? It might've been checkoff. Uh-huh. But it is, it's so good and the alternate universe and you have Spock with the beard. You know? Yes. <laughs> like, you know. That is such an iconic shot. Spock is. with the beard and the uniform of the, um, I guess the, the Imperial Federation or whatever they were yeah. calling it. The and Terran obviously, Empire. The right, Terran the Terran Empire. Empire. Yeah. And you know, Mirror Mirror obviously has been so popular with a lot of Star Trek fans that a version of Mirror Mirror has kind of appeared in every incarnation of Star Trek. Pretty You've much got, every incarnation yeah. of Star Trek, we see Mirror Mirror. Um, Deep yeah, Space they go Nine's, back to that. Yeah. Deep Space Nine's Mirror Mirror episode is also probably one of the best Mirror Mirror episodes as well. Um, but yeah, I like I said, I really like it because for me personally. As a little girl watching it, I loved Yuhura being kick-ass, you know? Like, she right, was badass, yeah. you know? And just the whole idea of the Federation being this corrupt, like, empire, you know? Like, it's not the nice, friendly Federation that we know and love, you know? It's right. brutal. It's, you know, you know, dictatorship, fascism, you know? And so exactly. I really enjoyed it. Um a lot of Star Trek fans, I think, love it for that reason because it's so different, it's unique, the storytelling's really good. So yeah, Mirror Mirror definitely. Absolutely, yeah, I loved it. And like I said, it's it's one of those iconic episodes. Everybody knows about the Star Trek alternate universe, and mm-hmm. um, obviously the uh, the producers of New Trek uh, have always found a way to kind of go back to that uh, alternate universe because it is so uh, so loved by the fans. Well, you you took my third one, City on the oh, Edge of I? Forever. <laughs> Obviously, we talked about that, um, but um, I wanted to, uh, you know, we we were going to talk about honorable mentions, and I had Mirror Mirror on here as my honorable mention. But I think another okay. one, um, another honorable mention before we get to your th- third one is uh, the uh, Carbamite maneuver. Ooh, yes. And I, I think that was the one with. Um, What's the actor's name? Ron mm-hmm. Howard's brother. Clint. Yes, Clint, Clint Howard. Howard. I'm Captain Kirk. And McCoy and Bailey. Sit. Be comfortable. I did want to get to uh, some mentions from some of our followers here at the Scarab Podcast. Okay. Uh, CK Jedi 66, that Star Wars fan, 
said that uh, he picked the changeling, a piece Ooh. of the action, and a taste of Armageddon. Ah, okay. Different do you ones, remember? Yeah. Do you remember those? Um, I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at a list here, so... Now, I answered him and I said, those are great picks, and I think a piece of the action should have been on my list because I'm from Chicago... And if you're if you remember, you know the Federation kind of uh, mistakenly left a book regard you know regarding yes. Al Capone yes. and the society, and they kind of adopted uh, the way of uh, of Al Capone and the the gangsters from uh, from the uh, you know Chicago's history uh, uh, into yeah. their you know. So. The Changeling is about when the Enterprise encounters Nomad, a computer space probe that has transformed itself. Okay. Um, I, don't, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that either, but from the way of the story that I'm reading here, the synopsis, it sounds almost like V'ger all over again from the motion oh, picture. So Nice. And then what was the third one he said? He's uh, A Taste of Armageddon. Okay, A Taste of Armageddon. See, sometimes I can't remember them by their titles. I can't right, yeah. Stories. I have to look at a screenshot or... Uh, I'm looking right now. See... Is it season three or? No, I, I don't think it's season three. It's season two. Is it season two? Okay. Yeah, it's not here in season three. I um I always postulated that the doomsday weapon, the device was created by a lost race in answer to the Borg. And they just created Ooh, it and set it out into space. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. So A Taste of Armageddon. Um, yeah. I think we had some Klingons. The USS Enterprise travels to a planet and they bring Ambassador Robert Fox to establish diplomatic relations. And they've been at war with a with a with a neighboring planet. Yeah, the screenshot doesn't look familiar. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Right. We'll have to revisit that one. We'll have to oh, check yeah, it out. Definitely. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you, CK Jedi Jedi sixty six for for that. Yeah, here are some from okay. um, Kiara Dune. Thank mm-hmm. you, Kiara, for uh, contributing to the conversation. Uh, three of hers is a mock time. Do you remember oh, that one? Oh my gosh! Yes, yes. I always rem- I always remember the fight between uh, Spock, Kirk and, Spock. and uh, yeah. Kirk. Da, well, you da, know, da, a I think is really cool because we got to know a bit more about Vulcan culture in that episode. Yes. Like that was a really good episode to learn about the Vulcans and Ponfar. We get to see yes. Ponfar. Oh, for the yes. First time. Ponfar. And the fight, it's it's such a good oh, that's another great episode, yeah. Yeah. Uh she also picked the city on the edge of forever. Okay. Yep. And uh and the Galileo Seven. I kind of remember the Galileo Seven. They were on a mission and then the uh the shuttle named the Galileo shuttle. was yes. stranded. That is a really good one. The Galileo yeah. Seven. That is one of that's a really good one with the whole thing about the space shuttle. Yeah. So we got we got another follower, Madcap Munchin. Munchkin. Uh Space Seed also. He picked that mm-hmm. one. Mirror 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 and then Errand of Mercy. Mm. So yeah, those are episodes that we talked about. We uh, also have Jacob uh, Jacob Patton, who picked uh, the Corbinite Maneuver, Ballads of Terror, and Errand of Mercy. Okay. He uh, he also states if you want to understand Star Trek, those three episodes tell you everything you need to know. Wow. Oh yes. 
So really, he really holds those in high regard, which is awesome. Very nice. Very nice. So yeah, so those are our top three episodes. We had a little overlap. Um, yes. Wait, did did you give me the your last one? No, I did not yet. I did okay. not. Okay. Shame on me. What's your last one? <laughs> All right. So my last one is actually a very early episode. Um, season one, episode three, where no man has gone before. Oh, very nice. And that to me is a really. I have was always fascinated with that episode, and I think it's because. You know, you have this old buddy of Kirk's, you know, and they're on this mission and they develop these ESP godlike capable powers. It's like a man who has been blind all of his life, suddenly being given sight. Sometimes I feel there's nothing I couldn't do in time. And they just become so corrupted by their power. And then at the end, there's nothing you can do. You know, and it's yeah. it's really the whole thing of power corrupts absolutely. And yes, it's like I said, it's such a good early one of the early episodes because you know season one starts right off with Man Trap, which to me is another phenomenal episode and the iconic Salt mo- Monster. Yes, and then right after that is Charlie X, and then you get Where No Man Has Gone Before, and then after that is The Naked Time. So it's Star Trek to me started off really good. I mean, to the first four episodes are phenomenal, but yeah, my favorite of the top, the first four is where no man has gone before. Are you reading all our thoughts, Gary? I can sense mainly worry in you, Jim. Safety of your ship. What would you do in my place? Probably just what Mr. Spock is thinking now. Kill me. Well, you can. And I'm reading a little bit, and I thought I thought it was true. I, I but I'm reading um, a little bit of information. This episode was actually the uh, the episode that was created after NBC rejected the original pilot and said, "No, that's too cerebral." You know how everybody talks about they know the the, the fact that the first episode was too you know it was too brainy. It was too uh, really not, interesting. Not enough mm-hmm. action. So this episode was created after NBC said, no, go back to the drawing board. We want more action. And uh, they came up with this one. Oh, that is interesting. That is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Where No Man Has Gone Before, I, I really love that we really get to see a nice character development of Kirk in that episode as well, giving us kind of how our captain deals with things, you know. Um but yeah, such a good episode. Yeah, and I think this is the first time that uh, he mentions uh, the at least the initial his middle initial uh, James yes. T. Kirk. T. He mentions Kirk. the yes. name. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that is very cool. Okay, patrons, time to give a shout out to those wonderful people that help keep the living waters of Mandalore running around here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. I extend to you a very heartfelt thank you to all my patrons. All right, how about some shout outs? 
Big thank you to Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. And big thanks to Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Some appreciation goes to the guys over at Rebel Rock Radio, DJ and Steve, rocking with another Red 5 pod. And go check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on uh, comics and cosmetics. Cool talk for nerdlings of all denominations. Go give her a sub. Who else we got? Hey, it's Frank from Miami. What's up, Frank? Longtime supporter of the Scuttlebutt. Thank you for that kind, sir. Oh, and a wonderful thank you to Belinda. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad you're on this list. And our resident classic Hollywood expert, a fan favorite collaborator, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. A huge respect to all our Patreon supporters. You remind me each week why it's fun to do this and to infuse the quality discussions you deserve. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Okay, friends, I wanted to take an opportunity to tell you about one of our newest sponsor partnerships. So you just heard us talking about attending fan conventions. So whether you plan on a huge event like Star Wars Celebration or a small get-together, one of the things that is always advisable is to be prepared and stay hydrated. That's right, my friends. I want to talk to you about Liquid IV. It's festival season, and planning for faster, efficient hydration is essential. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before a convention or power through to that headliner and recover after that long weekend. Listen, staying healthy should be on everyone's top of mind and Liquid IV could be part of your daily routine. Liquid IV's got some awesome flavors like strawberry lemonade, Concord grape, lemon lime, pina colada, tropical punch, watermelon, strawberry, and the list goes on. Just grab one of their conveniently packaged sticks and mix it in with your bottled water and mmm, enjoy the hydration. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone, and 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting, with essential vitamins to keep you going strong and always made from premium ingredients. So give it a try. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our promo code SCUTTLEBUTTAWARDS at checkout. That's right, 20% off anything you order when you shop better hydration today using our promo code SCUTTLEBUTTAWARDS at liquidiv.com. Stay hydrated, my friends. And that's the scuttlebutt. Um, yeah, any final thoughts on Star Trek? I mean, you know, Star Trek has been uh, around for a really long time. Like I said, for me, it is kind of my, uh, you know, my 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 safety blanket. My, um, you know, I always go back to it when I just want to enjoy something um, that I know is going to be definitely good, thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, obviously seeing the character, the, uh, the actors, um, you know, from, from back then, I've always enjoyed, you know, the, the, the trio, you know, you've got Kurt, yes. Spock and Bones. They are, uh, marvelous actors and their characters obviously, uh, are iconic and, uh, have left an imprint in, um, in modern pop culture for sure. Um, but any other final thoughts on, uh, Star Trek, uh, the original series? Um, I think I'll probably have one honorable mention of a show. Um, I The show that I give the honorable mention to is another season one, but The Squire of Gothos. Um, 
I that's a really interesting episode to me and a lot of people kind of attribute it to maybe the first sighting of a Q possibly oh that's um, right there's a lot of talk that is possibly the first sighting of a different type of Q um and it's very interesting I kind of like that tie-in that they've kind of made fans and even Star Trek officially is kind of leaning that way so I kind of like that idea of a connection of next generation in the original series with the possibility of of Kirk having encountered a Q before. So very interesting. Squire of Gothos is really interesting because Kirk does manage to outsmart this being and it's really good, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I'm reading some information. It says non-canon Star Trek media. The similarity between Q and Trelane inspired yes. writer Peter David to, to, to say that in a 1994 novel uh, called Q Squared, where uh, Trelane is a member of the Q Continuum and Q is his godfather. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of ties to it. And I kind of like that idea that Kirk encountered that species before. Because when you really think about it, humanity probably would have encountered them before. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's a great uh, great observation. I love it. And good, yeah. uh, good addition to our honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very nice. Very nice. Amanda, uh, thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. We went uh, away from a galaxy far, far away and stumbled into the neutral zone. How do you like that? It was great. You know, sometimes you got to have a change of scenery from a galaxy far, far and away. So absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Amanda, thank you so much. And uh, if you guys have any additions to your top three Star Trek episodes, why don't you leave us a voicemail over at the Scare Scuttlebutt hotline? Call us at 773-234-8659 and let us know what your top three Star Trek episodes are, and then we'll uh, we'll check it out. As always, it has been fantastic. Amanda, why don't you tell folks where people can find you and say hello there? Yeah, you can find me on my Twitter account. I'm at, at JediCaligula89. Uh, you can find me there. I'm often tweeting about things I've watched recently or video games I've played. I'm into sports as well. So if you want to talk with me about any of that, I'm always open for DMs or just reply on my tweets. Excellent. Thank you so much. And uh, as always, you can find us with the rest of the Red 5 family at bio.link slash red5. Come check us all out. Hashtag we are Red 5. But in the meantime, this is Ro and that's Amanda. Thank you very much for joining us on this edition of the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. A special Star Trek edition. Yeah, that's not bad. Excellent. <laughs> that's the Scuttlebutt, guys. Hey, friends. Thanks for hanging out with us here in the Neutral Zone. A special thanks to Amanda, one of our original followers. Every pod needs a friend like Amanda. Tell her hello. Look for her on Twitter at JediCaligula89. If you enjoyed some of the music we dropped throughout the episode, you can find the Vulcan Freedom Fighters on Spotify with more awesome tracks. Big thanks to Chris Haynes for reaching out to us and letting us use some of their tracks. Give them a listen and let them know you heard the songs here on the Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. Join us next week as I discuss cybernetics and Star Wars with Pat and Charles from the Conversations podcast. We took a deep dive and talked about the fiction of cybernetics and lots of real-world applications. As always, find the Scare of Podcasts wherever you find your other favorite pods, downloadable on Holonets across the galaxy, part of the Red 5 Network. See you guys next week or on our live shows, Saturdays on YouTube. Give us a sub there, too. 
Don't miss our deep dive discussions and reviews. No nonsense, no yelling, and sometimes no pants. And that's the scuttlebutt.